Having agency is defined as the capacity of individuals to act independently and to make their own free choices. Tune in to get an inside look at the inspiring uphill climb of businesswomen from around the world. I'm your host, Cheryl Gillihan, and this is Woman-Owned Agency. Maya, I am so excited to talk to you today. It has been years, actually, since we've seen each other. And we first met at a B Corp event because for both of our organizations are uh, public benefit corporations and B Corps. And I just love everything that you do and I've been following you for a really long time now and love that we can finally get together for this conversation so that we can talk a little bit more about you and your entrepreneurial journey and Mangrove. So tell us um, more about your organization and a little bit about yourself. Great, thank you so much for having me. Um, so I am the CEO and founder of Mangrove Web Development. We are a, as you said, a B Corp um, sort of purpose-driven digital agency. We specialize in doing um, custom WordPress and, and other platforms, but custom uh, content design and development for purpose-driven organizations. Um, and yeah, I we are a fully remote team. I'm based in Truckee, California, um, and our team is all over the world. That is really awesome. Do you have an origin story for your company? I do, yeah. So I actually um, studied international development. I worked for a nonprofit in San Francisco that did um, volunteer trips in Thailand and Tanzania. I went to Tanzania uh, leading some of the volunteer trips. Um, while I was working on that organization, the classic nonprofit, I was kind of doing 10 different jobs and one of them was managing the website. And I was really enjoying doing that. And um, while I was in Tanzania, I was just feeling like the work that we were doing as an organization there was really more for the volunteers and not as much for um, the folks who were on the ground and felt like there, you know, I was playing around with websites at the time. And there was a guy who was trying to collect donations to build a dam in the village that they were um, where he lived. And you know, there were volunteers who were happy to donate and they just needed sort of a way to complete the transaction, especially if the volunteers went back and had others who wanted to contribute. And so I put up like a, a really simple little page for him with um, a PayPal don donation link and just felt like that was a really direct way to help someone who was already on the ground doing work that he knew was important for the community, had the language skills, all the connections that. So that really sparked me to, you know, keep keep working on um, this kind of growing interest in, in website development. And I was completely self-taught, just spent a lot of nights um, Googling things and, and actually even had like a CSS book at the time. Um, and was, you know, after I did some freelance projects and then um, somehow convinced this small company in, uh, or small company at the time, Computer Courage in Berkeley to hire me as their first developer. So they were transitioning from being an IT company to um, doing websites. And so um, it was just three of us at the time and now they're a 20 plus person company, but um, I worked there. I learned, um, kind of built all of my WordPress skills there. This was in 2006. So WordPress was really just a very blog oriented platform. 
And we were just starting to explore the boundaries of what it could do as more of a CM, more full service CMS solution. Um, and then we just kind of all figured it out together. And then after a couple of years there, I just was feeling antsy being in an office. Um, I ended up doing a website as a side project for some friends who owned a hostel in Panama. And I went to Panama as a trade for doing the website. I was there for a couple of weeks, um, came back quit my job, parted ways really amicably with my boss and said, I need to just go and live in Panama for a little while and work from there. So went back down there, was basically just hanging out at the hostel, living in a little apartment down the street and um, just freelance from there. And I built my freelance career there, which eventually became Mangrove. And that's where I um, actually took a picture of this little Mangrove tree that ended up being the silhouette for our original logo. Um, and that's really where Mangrove was born. And I, um, over time just kind of gathered up more and more, um, you know, collaborators who now make up our team, which is about 15 people. So, which is amazing. Congratulations yeah, on the growth. Yeah. Too. I think we instantly connected when we met. I was so drawn to you and your story um, in part because mine is very similar. Like I didn't, I didn't necessarily like go to school for tech or, or think that I was going to be a designer. Well, actually I did go to school for design, <laughs> but I realized <laughs> that it was a very competitive field because really design back then was advertising and marketing. Yeah. And I really just didn't want to be in that space because I would see somebody else's design and say, oh my gosh, don't pick mine. Like theirs is so much better. <laughs> and I was like, I'm never going to yeah. make money in this field. But I had, you know, some of those skill sets, but when technology started to evolve and websites started to become a thing, um, I was self-taught, taught myself, you know, HTML, CSS, just like you. But I think the difference for me is that I, I got into it, then I got out of it, and then I got back into it. And when I got back into it in 2010, I still questioned for several years, like, is technology where I need to be? Or do I need to be a volunteer, you know, in a mission, hands in it, feet on the ground, closer to what I felt like would be impact. But I came to the same realization that you did, that it could make such a difference just putting this tool in the right people's hands, the, the impact is exponential then. And so when you, you gave them that donation site, it, it feels like a small thing to do, but then it has this potential for like long lasting impact yeah. and the potential for growth. And I finally came to that realization and I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is incredible. I can't imagine not being in this space now. And it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. It's fun to see that and to hear the stories behind the scenes of what people do with totally. it. Totally. Yeah. And I remember just feeling kind of overwhelmed by the international development space and, and the policy world and um, just, you know, a lot of folks that I studied with are working in, in all these different capacities that, that just didn't click with me as much as doing the technical and creative pieces. I just really enjoyed that and it made sense to me and I loved doing it. And so it just like, was kind of a natural progression for me to do that. And at some point, my, my boss at the, the nonprofit said like, well, you're going to have to choose international development or web development. And here we are. I, I think that's 
a bunch of BS to be honest. And, <laughs> you know, now, now we're in this space in which like, you know, the, we named our, our organization mangrove partly because the roots of mangrove trees support all these organisms to like sort of grow and thrive within it. And I've, I feel like we're, we're creating this infrastructure in which people who have these deep skills in international development or, you know, political science or social impact or environmental impact or whatever it is, like they have all those skills developed that I am not as adept at and we are able to augment what they're doing by, by creating some sort of platform for them to put their work out into the world or for them to make connections or partnerships or, or get clients or customers or whatever it is. And, and that just feels a lot more natural to me and, and like it's making an impact than anything else I could be doing. Yeah. It feels like we've invented our jobs really, because, you yeah. know, <laughs> 20 years ago, I would not have said that this is what I'll be doing could not even fathom it 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, and here we are 2022 and I've told my daughters like, you know, follow your passions, do good in the world and invent your own career because that's where we are as a community yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and so we really can collaborate and, and do anything. And I think this is part of the reason, you know, I love connecting with you and other women-owned agencies is we have the ability to build upon each other's strengths and, you know, support each other in our weaknesses and really collaborate and work yeah. together. Maybe not directly on a project, but indirectly. We do work together in so many ways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and we were speaking about this a little bit offline, but we, you know, we tend to partner and collaborate and connect with so many organizations that on paper would really seem like they are competitors. And the interesting thing about like the creative and tech world is there's so many, it's changing all the time. And there's also so many nuances around like what strengths you have within the organization, what tech stack you prefer, what you know, even just what your availability is at the time. Um, and we're constantly working in this kind of like umbrella of mangrove with all these collaborators and partners that we sometimes pull in to um, work with on projects where we can really support each other to do better work together. We, you know, tech is changing all the time. I mean, I haven't coded uh, on any client projects since my oldest was born um, and he's just turned five. And so, you know, I'm, I'm relying on my team now to keep us in, in the know on like what, what technologies we should be using and how, um, how should we should be approaching our work and, and what sort of the best tech stack and, and new methodologies are that are out there. But we're, we're also constantly exchanging information with our, our partners, collaborators, friends, like yourself and you know connecting and just throwing things out there like hey who's who's using this like what roadblocks are you hitting with it is you know is this new thing really worth exploring like what what purpose does it serve um what are the best practices and accessibility how do you implement that what is what is this whole thing about greening the web and sustainable web practices and and you know there's a couple of folks who are, are really laser focused on that and have shared a lot of resources so there's just like so much to hold your arms around and i think that we've benefited so much from just having these open conversations with folks in our industry and and um, creating this this whole collaborative kind of community together 
Yeah, and it's been wonderful. I mean, I know that there have been things that you've publicly posted or that, you know, our B Corp community has publicly posted that has been beneficial to me from a learning perspective as well. Um, and it's also opening up room for that conversation. Like we all speak the same language, but it's also one of those things where I can kind of evaluate at what point do I stop asking clients if they want certain things, you know, like, does this mm -hmm. need to be, you know, ADA compliance, for example, and what are your accessibility needs? You know, yeah. there, there's a certain point where I'm like, well, as an organization, if we care about this and we know the policies are coming at, coming and we're somewhat in the know on mm -hmm. those things, because of the communities that we're involved in, then as an organization, we should get to a point where it's just like, well, that's just going to happen. That's just, yeah. that's the way we're going to do it. Kind of like, mm -hmm. it's going to be responsive because that's a thing now. <laughs> it has yeah. been a thing yeah. for a while. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, it's funny when clients sometimes will ask and like, can you make sure it works on mobile? And I'm kind of like, yeah, we've been doing that for 10 years. <laughs> um, yeah, but. and it's no longer a question anymore, you know, and there there are certain things like that. I think for us, greening the web is, is one of those kind of newer conversations um, that we tried to be huge advocates for when we became climate neutral, but we realized like the consumer doesn't care yet. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, we realized that they're not buying from us because of that. Um, yeah, and so it's just something we're, we're going to do. And it's just an extra perk for them that it is. Um, yeah. And one, one of the things I love, they may care. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I love about the sort of sustainable web practices, and we're learning a lot about it too. It's one of the things I've been, we're trying to focus on more as an organization this year, the last year and, and before we were trying to wrap our arms around accessibility best practices and what our offerings were around that and and sort of offering you know close to level a as as our standard and 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 now we're shifting focus to sustainability best practices but one thing i love about it is there there is a lot of overlap with just like basic usability and performance best practices and SEO best practices and like just having like a lightweight efficient site in which you're not building more into it than you need serves a lot of different purposes and then there's ways to optimize it for all of those different things but we're also um, just trying to figure out how you know how we gently steer clients in that direction and as you were saying if if they don't sign on to it completely yet we can still kind of get part you know partially down that road um, and accomplish a lot of the other important things to the project on the way absolutely so share a little bit more about your specialty at mangrove yeah so we've been doing wordpress for a really long time um, me personally and our team so i would say that doing like custom wordpress sites for purpose-driven organizations and especially women and bipoc-led organizations is our sweet spot um we do build on other platforms um, we've been doing some web flow over the past year and a bit we um will will build on different stacks as needed but um you know our our go-to tends to be WordPress and we were, you know, we do some like more custom API integrations on top of that. Um, we customize the backend a lot. We like to set things up in a way that will be really useful for our clients over time and just really be mindful of, 
of how we can set up this site so that it's a really flexible tool for the client as well as serving the end user effectively and just make sure that um, we're building in all the different pieces that will allow someone to really um, harness the power of their website and, and let it grow with their company. Um, now, one thing I love about WordPress is it is user-friendly after we hand it over. Um, so mm -hmm. we can make a completely custom site, custom application. At, at this point, a lot of things, when you're adding in all the integrations, it becomes an application or a yeah. community. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and when we do that, you know, the ability for an organization to still carry that forward is really wonderful. Um, yeah. Do and you it have... changes too, like, you know, sometimes our clients are a lot more technically or design oriented or, and they want more customization and control on the back end. And sometimes it's like a nonprofit where there's three different interns editing. And so we try to take that into account as well of, of like how we set it up. So it's really manageable over time. Yeah. Those are important factors for yeah. sure. Do you have a recent project that you've launched that has been really special? Yeah, actually, we did a project for um, an organization called Take on Wall Street, and it's called um, Is Our Economy Fair? And it's it addresses the predatory economic power of big banks um, and sort of walks through the history of our financial systems and um, kind of the inherent power structures and, and racist history as it as it developed over time. And um, so we, we developed this tool that is kind of an educational tool. Um, the website is isoureconomyfair.org and it's an interactive learning hub for their audiences. And so they walk walk through different historical timelines and, and the take on Wall Street team um, uses it as they do workshops and sort of train and um, train folks on their side for, you know, different political advocacy uh, projects and, and, you know, just educational projects. I love that. And if you're anything like me, you learn so much every time you're partnering with organizations like this. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's so much content we have to consume and so much we have to understand about their mission and their values and the goals of the project um, that we end up learning so much about the, the sector and the space and just things that we might yeah. have not had our eyes open to before. Yeah. Yeah, and this one in particular, there's such a depth of information. I mean, I could spend hours and hours on this site that I haven't even had time to fully absorb yet. So I recommend um, checking it out. It's pretty illuminating. Yeah, I think it was about seven years ago uh, that I met an organization and I partnered with them for one of their prototypes. Um, and it was the first time that I had ever heard um, somebody say that when I put money into my bank, I'm investing in myself. Like when you're saving money, you're investing in yourself um, mm -hmm. because of the interest or whatever that you get. But I mean, it's minimal, but still there, there's an, a level of like investment there by, by saving money. And she had said to me, um, when you invest in yourself, you shall also invest in your values. That money doesn't sit in the bank. Um, know the values of your bank and where they're actually spending that money in the community or in whatever they're investing in so that when you invest in yourself you also invest in your values and I was like oh my gosh I never even thought of that <laughs> yeah 
Um, so um, yeah, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, actually, one of the things that was um, really striking for me when I when we became a B Corp is, you know, one of the parameters was asking about where where your um, money is, where you're banking, and for whatever reason, it's just something I hadn't really deeply thought about before. Um, you know, we're still a small growing company. We didn't have huge sums of money like going through the bank anyway, but it still matters. And we ended up moving all of our banking to Beneficial State Bank, which is a, a B Corp bank. And I remember like that, you know, really stood out to me as something that I hadn't considered as being something that we could make more sustainable or progressive about our organization and it and it and it was an important factor and and so you know just hearing that really reminds me of of the ways in which you can kind of keep digging into the the corners of your organization some of them a lot more um, obvious than others but to discover sort of the ways in which you're interacting with the world and and how you can have an impact in in all these different um different interactions. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're learning something all the time. You know, I wasn't always, I wasn't the original owner of Cause Labs. Um, I wasn't even the original CEO of Cause Labs. You know, I kind of stepped into different roles over different times. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm, I not only learned a lot, you know, working within the company, but then, you know, leading the company and now owning the company. I learn new and different things all the time, um, you know, and so I, when people ask, like, what have you learned about owning a company? I'm like, where do you want me to start? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's something new every single day. But there is one question that people ask me, and I'm, I'm sure you get asked this also, and I would love for you to share. Mm -hmm. what, what's your answer when people say, you know, why are you a B Corp? Like, what's, you have to, you have to pay to be certified and you have to go through this grueling process of doing the audit and um, getting yeah. all of the information and tracking all of your measurements. And so why, why do you do it? Um, that's a good question. I, you know, the first thing that came to mind is sort of like, we can't not do it. Um, and I think that we were always, I remember talking to some some folks in the early days who had um, were some of the early B Corp um, adoptees and kind of hearing from them what it was all about and, and you know, how you lead a purpose-driven organization and, and just kind of thinking like this, this really resonates with what I feel like we're already trying to do, but I don't have the parameters or the accountability to do this properly. And so it felt like a really natural thing to kind of solidify the direction that we were already going in. And it is a lot of work. Um, you know, I was just working on our annual report that we do each year. And, but it's also great to have a, a benchmark and that level of accountability to keep measuring and then also to keep being pushed towards um, creating a, a more impactful business. And, you know, there's, there's been a lot of conversation and support and resources over the last year, year, two years, um, especially from B-Lab around racial justice. I know it's something that they've been focusing on internally a lot. It's, um, that's been helpful amongst other 
resources within the B Corp community and beyond in terms of us understanding how we need to move forward um, with our own diversity, equity, inclusion efforts. And there's just, a, just different things like that where I don't know if I would have the bandwidth or sort of the understanding of how to best move forward um, in making our organization more progressive, more diverse, more supportive. And I, and I, I think that we need the B Corp framework and the community in order to keep moving forward. And um, it's hard work, but it's just like, you know, it's like brushing your teeth. It's, you just have to do it. You just keep doing a little bit every day. And then you, um, you know, you, you just keep moving forward. Like you, I just can't imagine not doing it. And we're, um, you know, it's, it's really been helpful for us to just actualize like where we thought we, you know, what we thought we were as a purpose-driven digital agency and just created a, a parameters in for us to keep moving forward and keep checking in and, and making sure that we're, we're doing things the best we can. I love your answer. I love that you said we can't not do it. It's so simple, you know, and I, yeah, when I think about the answer that I give to that question, it's just about as long as yours <laughs> with yeah. all the learnings and resources and, you know, people are like, do you make more money because of it? And like, no, but that's not why we do it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, maybe it makes recruiting a little bit easier, but not really. <laughs> maybe it's recruiting the right people to be mission aligned with us. Um, yeah. But but I, you can't not do it. I, I love that because I like to tell people, you know, once I learn something, I can't unknow it, you yeah. know, and, and once I'm aware that there's an issue that I need to tackle with my organization, I can't not tackle it. I have yeah. to take care of it, you know? And so some of the accountability that, that it holds us to, you know, some of the things that we measure or don't measure, um, I think that's been the most important part is that I realized mm -hmm. there was so much that I was not measuring that I could, that aligns with our values and aligns with the things that we care about. And that I believe business, you know, just doing a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. If we all did that, imagine the impact, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's like putting pennies in the penny jar and yeah. I'm just... I'm just one organization and I'm just putting my pennies in, you know, but yeah. you're another one and you're putting your pennies in and just eventually it's going to make the difference that we want to see. So I love that so much. Thank you for sharing. Um, well, are there any uh, women-owned organizations uh, that you partner with that you'd like to give a shout out to today? There are so many we work with, so I'm not going to do a whole laundry list of them. However, um, one organization that has helped us a lot over the past year has been Hello Social Impact, which you might be familiar with, Lynn Johnson. She's a pretty incredible sort of guiding light in, in the B Corp community um, and beyond. And we've worked with their organization to do a lot of DEI work over the past uh, year plus. And so in the, in the spirit of highlighting women who are 
intriguing and powerful. I'd definitely like to mention her as someone you should connect with if you haven't already. Yeah, Lynn is definitely inspiring. Yeah. And I haven't connected with her for this yet, but I might do that. So thank you for sharing. No worries. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for sharing your story and more about Mangrove and what you do. And I look forward to collaborating in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Cheryl.